It's time once again for the Passion to Succeed podcast, where we explore the traits, mindsets, and attitudes of passionate and successful individuals. This show is for anyone who wants to make a difference, make more money, learn from the greatest minds, and discover how to be more successful in all you do and doing it with a pure passion to succeed. Here's your host, serial entrepreneur, successful author, and the world's most passionate master coach, Craig White. Okay, guys, uh, my name's Craig, Craig White. Uh, founder and CEO of Passion to Succeed. I'm, I'm really, really excited today to be bringing a, a podcast show, a conversation with a really great guy that has spent 10 years, over over a decade, as a performance coach, an international speaker, and really influencing and changing people's lives all around the globe, featuring on you know TED, on Huffington Post, in Entrepreneur, even featuring in the Forbes magazine. Um, so I'd really like to welcome uh, the magnificent Jarek Robbins. Welcome to our show, Jarek. How are you today? Good, good, good. I don't think I've ever been called the Magnificent before, but I'm going to keep that title because I like it. <laughs> I feel like I need a cape and like a ta-da if, I, if I, I jump out of a curtain with the Magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> that works for me, mate. It works for me. Hey, next time we do something, we'll uh, we'll get the uh, the super superhero outfits out, right? <laughs> Perfect. So, um, Jerick, I'm really grateful for you to give some of your time. And um, I'm loving the poster over your right shoulder. You did not wake up to be mediocre. Why is it that people? If I can fix this, why is it that people fall into an environment of, I guess, drowning in a sea of mediocrity and and maybe living mediocre lives? Um, big question. You know, I I don't think there's any ordinary moment in life, and the the very first step. There's kind of two sides of this story. The first is. Uh, if, if you really want something that most people would term extraordinary, mm-hmm. whether that's extraordinary love with your spouse, extraordinary uh, family that, that you create and, and develop over the years, extraordinary health, extraordinary financial means or extraordinary business, an extraordinary difference or impact you make in the world. Um, if you want something extraordinary, that the very first step is realizing there are no ordinary moments. Okay. And it's the ability to go sit outside and watch the clouds move and realize there will never be a sequence quite the same as what you're observing in that very moment. That moment is not ordinary. That moment is absolutely magnificent in, in the making and in the magic unfolding of, of life. And when you can hit that point, which it's hard, um, trust me, it ain't easy. And, and, and when you're struggling to pay bills, when you're trying to figure out what the fuck to do with your life, excuse the language, but when, you, when you're frustrated and sick and tired and hurt and everyone around you is, seems to be suffering, it, it's hard to stare out the window and, and, and think there are no ordinary moments. This, this is literally the, the magic of life unfolding before my eyes right now. And what a magnificent opportunity and, and moment just to experience and soak that in. But when you can find that peace in your center, in your heart, and you can find that joy in even the, the simplest of things. You know, I, I was at home the other day sweeping, and a friend came over who, who's a young hustler trying to make his millions in real estate. And he looked at me, he's like, why are you sweeping the floor? You don't need to be sweeping. You should be out cutting deals and closing stuff. I mean, your time is way more valuable than you could pay someone else to sweep for you. And I was like, listen, what do I find out in the world if I go close 10 deals right now? He's like, well, you make a bunch of money. I said, what happens if you make a bunch of money? He's like, well, then you can do the stuff you want to do. And I said, what happens then? And he said, at some point, you get to enjoy your life more. And I said, ponder this for a second. If I can't find absolute fucking joy mm-hmm. in sweeping, 
how the fuck am I going to find joy in something else? Mm-hmm. And I said, but go with the whole thought. If I can find magnificence, joy, jubilance, ju- just, just a moment of, of pure excellence in just sweeping something, doesn't that mean anything else I do will be the greatest thing I could ever do today? And all that joy I'm hunting for in the next big deal could be with me at every single moment of this day? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. okay, I got to go. I got to go close some deals. <laughs> he'll, he'll get there someday. Yeah. And, and, and this is only side one. Because mm-hmm. when you can get this, you can do anything, anything, anything. So how did you and, get and, there? Because you must have had the same kind of challenges and, and obstacles that I guess everyone's had. I mean, you you talk about obviously like that truth and what's in your heart. You know, what? Sure. where did your passion reside from to to be influential? Because I know obviously you're, you're passionate about being a, a performance coach and, coach and helping people activate that high performance through, I guess, living in the moment and being joyful and having gratitude, you know, and gratitude. It, it's one part of it. Yeah. Because I can help you achieve all kinds of stuff. And you can still be miserable as shit on the other side. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and so there's two paths. You know, I, I, path number one, you can enjoy the process and get everything you want. Path number two, you can beat your head against a brick wall and hate every moment of it and get everything you want and still hate every moment of it. <laughs> and, and so getting everything you want, like high performance, that activation, that's a different set of tools. That's kind of part two of what we'll talk about. But part one is you have to learn to fall in love with it. How I learned this, I, I wasn't born with this. I didn't come out like, wow, life is magnificent. Like that's not how I came into this planet. I had the same goals and dreams as you know most young people. Uh, I grew up at the time where MTV music videos were the freaking thing to watch every morning when you get ready for school. And I remember there was a guy named Biggie Smalls and P Diddy that were on yachts throwing money with girls everywhere, driving backwards in Hummers and Ferraris and all this stuff. And I was like, dang, that's what I'm going to need to be happy in life. Like that's the bomb.com right there. I want to. I want one of those like weird suits where I could dance in like the the air tunnel with Mace and P Diddy, and, and and so I was like, okay, maybe that's like the dream in life. If you could have the money and the girls and the cars and the travel and the stuff, and and I remember when I was really young, like I always had these ideas, and and if you sat with me, I'd always have the next idea. They're like, what are you working on? I'm like, oh, I'm gonna make the next ten million dollars. Like here's the idea, yeah. and my dad called me out one day, and he's like, buddy, you always seem to have the next great idea. But what about the idea you're working on right now? How's that going? I remember looking at it and be like, uh, but the next one's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> and it was this story. And I figured out it was a story to feel good enough. Mm-hmm. It was a story to fit in. It was a story to try to be cool, to be special, to stand out, to be like, hey, look, I've got something big I'm trying to do in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and eventually I gave up the story. And I had a few adventures that, that reshaped everything. One was, and I just posted something on Instagram this morning about this. And, and the thought is, if you do the work no one else is willing to do, you'll get the results they'll never get to experience. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of truth in that. If you do the work no one else is willing to do, you'll get the results no one else is able to experience. Just because you're going to get rewards that other people don't have access to because they're not willing, not able, able is one thing, willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. And if you want to think about this, if you're someone who owns a company, you want someone who's willing to do the work, someone who's able to do the work, and someone whose nature is to do the work, mm-hmm. meaning they've taught their nervous system to constantly do the work necessary, period, and they love the process. Um, and, and I'll give you an example. You know, My dad taught me this a long time ago. He said, you know, if, if you hire an accountant to go do an outside sales job, are they able to do it? 
Well, sure they are. Yeah. You know, anyone can sell if they really need to or want to. Um, are they are they willing to do it? Well, if you caught them right after in the U.S. 2009, you know, the economy dropped, people are getting fired. Thank you so much. People are getting fired. Uh, people are struggling. Are they willing to go take a sales job to feed their family? They most certainly are. Mm -hmm. Now, is it their nature? Are they going to stick with it long term? Not unless they master this first part we're talking about right here. Mm -hmm. And so if they could teach themselves how to fall in love with the process of it. Um, my experience in doing this was I took a job stacking lumber up in Canada for three months. Okay. So I was at a lumber yard, got up at 4.30 in the morning, worked out for a half hour, got 20-minute drive down the side of the freeway, got picked up by a van of workers, drove an hour to the lumber yard, got dropped off all day, just stacked lumber. Walk over, set it down. Pick it up, walk over, set it down. Pick it up, walk over, set it down. That's it, all day. Took 15-minute break, 30-minute break, 15-minute break, end of the day, 5 o'clock. Go home, two and a, you know, two hours in the van, sweaty, hot guys, wow. smelly because the the traffic. Get home, twenty minutes back to the house. Do another half hour on the treadmill and work lifting weights. Eat some dinner, pass out, do it again. Six days a week, three months. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, um, I, I was determined to like prove people like I was strong, I could do this. Yeah. And and my family was taking bets on how many days I would last. <laughs> And they were telling me, like, whoa, ease off the double workouts, man. Like, it's hard enough. And I'm like, ah. And I was proving something. I was just showing them how strong I was. Yeah. Halfway through, I thought I was the biggest idiot in the world because I'm like, why did I get suckered into this damn job? Uh, this is the <laughs> stupidest thing in the world. I, I sh I'm smarter than this. I'm more talented than this. I should be taking an internship at some freaking, you know, important area in life and getting my degree and blah, blah, blah. And I had this ego and attitude that pop up. And, and it's very similar to the ego and attitude most young people have right now about any job they take. Because about halfway through, young people look at themselves in the mirror and they're like, I'm better than this. I'm smarter than this. I should be getting paid more than this. I was told I was special as a fucking kid. I'm still special. Why don't you see this in me, employer? And what they lose track of is how to fall in love with doing what no one else is willing to do to get the results other people aren't going to be able to get. Mm -hmm. And that simple, simple concept is I, I look myself in the mirror and I said, you know, with a mass population of this world who's unemployed – who's struggling to pay their bills, who don't even have the opportunities, and I'll talk about that in just the next second here, who am I to act like I'm better than any job? If, if God, the universe, Mother Nature has given me an opportunity to work and I can do so to take care of the ones I love, dude, I better fall in love with this process and grind my ass to the best I freaking, to make the opportunity, to make the most out of this and take care of the ones I love. Totally. And so I turned around and I said, you know what? If I can learn to fall in love with stacking wood, which sucks, but if I can learn to fall in love with it, I can learn to fall in love with anything. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't throw out quotes, you know, just to sound good. I, I, these are from experience. And the experience was, what the hell would I have to do up here and here with my body to actually enjoy the process of stacking this damn wood? And I looked around. I'm like, I got to figure this shit out. <laughs> like this, It wasn't easy. I'm like, this sucks. This sucks. This sucks. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to need something else besides this sucks to go through my head. <laughs> so I'm like, what could I fill my mind with? And I was like, well, what if this was my training ground? Mm -hmm. You know, if you have a job right now where you have a lot of free time up here, even though you're physically doing something, mm -hmm. like, what if this is my, my, my university? So I took all the money I had, which is like 600 bucks in my bank account. I was in college. I didn't have any money. <laughs> took like 600 bucks or something. I downloaded every audio book I could get, and I bought a little iPod, and I put one earphone in so I could listen with the other ear. And I played audiobooks nonstop and flooded my mind with great information. Just again and again and again. I memorized probably like 
25 different audiobooks. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, As a Man Thinketh, The Alchemist, uh, The Ultimate Edge. Like, like I went through all these programs. I just kept listening again and again and again and again and again. And it just pounded it into my head while I was doing this physical workout. And then I was like, physically, I like to work out. Maybe this is a gym. It's not a job. It's a gym. Yep. And I'm like, okay, like this one's kind of this, you know, this is a squat, this is a lunge, this is a bicep curl, this is a press, this is a, and I started coming up with exercises that I was doing all day. I'm like, hey, this is cool. I'm working out and learning, aka stacking lumber. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, I just changed the whole situation mm-hmm. from what I did up here and what I did right here, and now I enjoyed it. And I spent the net, the last half of it loving every moment of it. And I freaking loved it. Would I do it again? No. But I loved it. <laughs> what was it that, what's, <laughs> at the okay. heart, what's at the heart of falling in love? Because I, I understand, obviously, you know, you're feeding your mind and um, I guess shaping your thinking and, and shifting your mindset from where you was to obviously the journey that you're on, on today and, and have been on and still are on. What's at the heart of, of wanting to fall in love with something like that? I mean, I, I've been in a similar place, Jarek, where, you know, I've... Then if you got soda stream bottles over in in America, I worked at a factory for a small period of time where I literally was picking up one soda stream bottle, putting it on a machine, pressing two buttons, putting it on the conveyor belt. And I was at the time I remember thinking, how do people spend their life doing this day in day out for forty five years? And I think it was almost a moment where I started to break free and looking for change as well. But what what was at the heart? Do you think for for the general individual around the globe and our, and our listeners that are you know, entrepreneurs or, or athletes, whatever they are, what's at the heart of doing the things that others don't want to do? How do they fall in love with the shit, the crap, you know? Sure. Two things. And and, and here's the key. You don't have to do it forever. Mm-hmm. But if you can learn how to do it, it'll give you the ability to excel 10 to 20 times faster to the top than anybody else. If you, if you can master this process. You can still get to the top without it. I mean, you can hate every fucking moment of the journey. <laughs> And get to the top and be like, ah, that was fucking horrible, but at least I made it. I have the money and the cars and the whatever I wanted and the family and the, the, the kids and whatever else you want. Um, you, you, you can still grind and get there and just hate it. Or you can speed up the process if you love it. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the two things you need to switch is, is how you view it, so your perception of it. Mm-hmm. So what is this? It went from a stupid job that I hated to a gym. I'm working out all day. And I was like, oh, I like the gym. I took something similar that I enjoyed and figured out how it was similar or the same in the moment, linked it up in my brain, and all of a sudden my brain said, oh, the gym, I like the gym. I'll, I'll work out all day. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm not, I'm not stacking lumber. I'm going to the gym. And I was like, okay, a little bit interesting style of gym, like Stone Age, but, but it's cool. I can work it. And then, and then also the, the adjustment of how I physically went about it. So mentally – it, the, perce- the perception changed. It went from a stupid job to going to the gym all day. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Physically, the procedure changed, meaning I started looking for physical ways to change the process in what I was moving my body mm-hmm. so that I would actually enjoy it. Because if I just did what the other guys did, lift up, over, drop down, lift up, inch over, drop down, bored out of my mind. Mm-hmm. But if I was a gym, how would I lift this board like a back fly? So I'm lean over, got a good arch, boom, flat, like I got the back fly in. How would I do this as a squat? Well, instead of just leaning over and lifting it up, I would squat down and uh, squat it up. And so I changed the physical procedure of how I went about it to, to, to make it into a gym. It wasn't a gym. It was just moving boards. But if I moved my body in different ways the whole day, now it, it could qualify physically as a gym. So perception, how you view it, procedure, how you physically go about it, 
two adjustments and, and you can make it. And people say, well, you know, take your example. Like, oh, I couldn't do that in the factory where I work. Sure you could. Yeah. Sure you could. You could find a way. Yeah. You know, you, you have you seen those people who get creative, like making sodas or making drinks? Like there's always a way to get creative if you want to. And I mean, you could be like, you know, pick it up, tricep, down. And they're like, really? And like, yeah, if you do that 2,000 times a day, you will have a massively sore tricep tomorrow. <laughs> you know, pick it up, bicep, boom. Like, pick it up, air squat, bam. Like, you could do this. Mm-hmm. But you're going to be the crazy one. You're going to be the one that people look at and be like, what's wrong with that kid? Like, <laughs> But if you're willing to do what others aren't willing to do, you'll get results they aren't willing to get. Um, And then, you know, feeding the mind. There's rules and regulations at different jobs, but I had the opportunity to stick the headphone in. Mm -hmm. So this is one piece, though, falling in love with the process. Step two um, is really finding joy in the process. And this one's interesting because I was living – I decided after that, took a trip around the world, blessed to be able to do it. If you're in university, look up an organization called Semester at Sea. It's a a 64 or 80-something thousand-ton cruise ship puts about 800 students on board and it literally you do your university classes while sailing around the world on a cruise ship and we literally went from vancouver over to japan china india thailand vietnam down to kenya tanzania south africa brazil venezuela back to florida we went all the way around the world in in three months 110 days and, and all our studies were on board so all the university teachers from different universities are on board teaching all the different classes that's so I was studying psychology on board. The greatest university of all, surely. <laughs> you can only do it for one. Well, I you probably only do it for one semester. Yeah. Um, it was like the study abroad, except for you study on a cruise ship and go all the way around the world, stop in you know ten different countries. Amazing. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. And and while I was there, I, I was introduced to you know the world, the world, mm-hmm. how people lived in China and, and Thailand and Vietnam and Africa, and Africa caught my heart. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know. I'd love to find a way to sustainably go back and help, not just throw money at them, not just do stuff, but I'd, I'd love to find a way to actually help. And my belief, education is a beautiful way to help people. And so I, I went and studied with an organization, moved over there, and I was in the rural farming villages in Uganda teaching organic farming. So I was like, hey, you know, if I can go help in the villages, I can help with organic farming. There's no running water, no electricity, no toilets here, but if I could help get the organic farming kind of movement going. We could retill their soil, rebuild their their in in you know little businesses of coffee plantations and pineapple plantations, and we could help them have a little bit of a better life by assisting in this process. Hmm. Um, so while I was there, one thing that happened, going back to the sweeping story, which was very fascinating, is every morning I decided to wake up and watch the sunrise. And so every morning, set my alarm clock, my little watch would go off, beep, 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 hit it, and I'd open these big metal curtains, lean out, and i just watch the most magnificent moment. Remember, there's no ordinary moments. Nope. Just watching that moment unfold, thinking like, wow, when else in my life am I going to get to watch the sunrise over pineapple fields in freaking Uganda? Like, mm-hmm. so cool. Yep. And, I, and I, you know, I was there. I'm, I'm going to enjoy every day, every moment I'm going to see this. So as I'm watching about 100, you know, maybe 100 feet, you know, 50 yards or something right outside my window, there's this little clinic and this little old dude would come out every morning with this long thatch broom, and he'd sweep the leaves from the doorstep of the clinic down this long dirt path all the way out to the main road. And he'd just, like, real slow, step, step, sweep, sweep, step, step, sweep, sweep. He'd sweep all the leaves, turn, you know, arches back up on the road, turn around, come back, arch over, sweep all the leaves. And he'd get back to the doorstep, and he would stand there with the biggest damn smile I've ever seen in my life. Now, look at this guy. 
like, how the hell is he so damn happy about life? Like, what's going on in his world? So I, I started to watch him every day, and he always did it at sunrise, never missed, same thing every day with, like, damn joy on his face every day. I'm like, this guy's so damn happy. And I'm like, I just want to know. Like, I'm happy, but he's really happy. I want to know what's going on in this guy's world. So I started asking questions and watching him and talking to him, like, trying to get to know him. Turned out he was the janitor. He slept in a broom closet, like a little cot in a closet. Uh, he didn't have any real belongings or anything. He was proud because somehow, because it was a clinic, they had one tether of electricity, like, to the building. And he, in his little room, he had the one plug of the village. <laughs> so he, he would charge little cell phones and stuff in there. He's so proud of it. Had a hat collection. Um, and, and, and I just remember, at one point, I went to go interview him. And I wanted to know, like, why do you do what you do? Like, why? What, what's the joy in this? How, how are you so damn happy? And I, I asked a friend of mine who spoke the local language, and we interviewed him. And I just said, you know, ask him, why do you do what you do? So she turned to him, asked him. He looked back, said something. She looked at me, and she's like, he said, because I'm supposed to? I was like, no, like, why? Why? The reason? Why? Why? She laughed. She's like, hold on. She talked to him a little bit. She came back, and she goes, wow, he said something really profound. I said, what did he say? And she said, he said, the reason I sweep the leaves is because I believe every human whether it's a small baby about to enter this world or a sick or elderly person about to leave this world, they deserve a clear path to do so. Brilliant. I remember being like, damn. <laughs> like, <laughs> this guy sweeps leaves. <laughs> but in his mind, perception-wise, mm -hmm. he doesn't just sweep leaves. He clears a path for people to enter and exit this world Amazing. to begin life or end life with dignity. And I remember thinking, whoa, like I need to find that kind of purpose in what I do, mm -hmm. going back to every day, the simple parts. And if, again, if you get the foundation right, you can go 10 times faster to the results. And I'll show you how to get to the results very quickly in just a moment. But, but the foundation, falling in love with what you do, finding deep meaning and purpose in it, finding absolute joy in the simplest things. Like when you can capture those three pieces as the foundation of here and here in your, you can't see it, here and here in your heart, yep. when you can capture those two pieces, you've got a rock solid foundation to run with. Yep. And everything seems like the greatest opportunity on earth. Every moment seems like an incredible privilege. Every day seems like a blessing beyond blessings. Mm -hmm. And when you can live in that space up here and in your heart, mm -hmm. now, you, now you're rock solid. From there, th there's something magic that happens when you want to transition um, is this good good sharing for people listening so far? Yeah, th this is beautiful, man. Because we ha we have a, a range of you know entrepreneurs, you know people, you know all over the globe really that have connected with us for whatever reason. And um, yeah, I think this is spot on because it's getting that mind body congruency with the mind and the heart. And I think so many people are, I, I guess you know like myself in the past, you know people have this passion, but it's clouded by what's created up here. So if you can, you know, I think what you're sharing enables people to, you know, think differently from that perception and, and being joyful. I love it. Yeah, I, I can see where you're going. Yeah, it connects it. Yeah, and man. then we switch gears and yeah. we say, okay, well, there's the foundation. Yep. You know, finding joy, really, truly finding the magnificent and, and beauty in every moment, finding purpose in what you do. Mm -hmm. That little old man found purpose in sweeping leaves. That's a so beautiful finding story. purpose in what yeah. you do. And, and, and then really, truly falling in love with the process of it. And, and when you look at that, you remember there are no ordinary moments. It's very special. It's very beautiful just to be alive and experience those things. Now, from there, 
to turn up the you know freaking rocket sauce and get going that there's certain things you got to focus on mm-hmm. and and really simply you know i, I always take this example because people take it for granted most places around the world um if if we were in wartime uh, you know the world wars happened and at some point in history and if we were in wartime and we got captured by the enemy what are the first three things they would do to you if they wanted to literally like torture you mm-hmm. like they want to tear you apart mentally they want to destroy you physically like they, they really want to jack you up what are the first three things they would really mess with um number one your sleep yep psychological torture they put you in a room bright lights loud music blaring 24 hours a day cold buckets of water hitting you in the face every half hour to keep you wide awake they don't let you sleep it's psychological emotional and physical torture to do that to a human being Hmm. number two um i've noticed uh, luckily knock on wood i've never had to go through the experience but in all the movies and the way they dramatize it um they, they don't give you like superfood goji berry protein shakes uh, when they're trying to beat you up. Like they, they give you a bowl of slop and a piece of bread and say, good luck. <laughs> like, they don't they don't fuel your body with the nutrients you need to be at your best. They, they deprive you of nutrients because, again, it tears down your body. It weakens you physically, mentally, and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the final thing they want to do if they really want to jack you up, um, you know, the worst thing, they take away your movement. They tie you to a damn post or something and they don't let you move for long periods of time. Why? Muscles. You don't use them, you lose them. Yep. Like they, they, they atrophy. They start to break down. You get weak. You know, if someone ties you to a post for a week and then unties you, try running a mile. Yeah, right. Like like you look like Gumby wobbling around out there or Bambi with your legs flopping in every direction. Like it doesn't work. And so if you look at these three things, we would call this torture in a wartime scenario. But speaking to all my entrepreneurs out there, my parents, moms, dads, teachers, students, what's the first three things you give up when you get really busy? Quality time. Think yeah. about it. Yeah. Yep. You forget to eat the right stuff at the right time. Which, which, let me give you an anecdote on this, just, just to be straight. Imagine you did really well. Like you succeeded in the business world. You, you built a unicorn or a gazelle. You sold the... You made a billion dollars, and you went out to party, and you bought yourself a, a Gulfstream 650 ER long range. It's like an $80 million jet. You're so damn proud of it. You're going to fly it around the world a couple times, and, and let's say you, you know, you're in, uh, let's say, Luton. You go to the private airport there. You jump on your jet, and as you're going up the deck, you know, saying hi to the pilots, hey, guys, how are we flying tonight? And they go, well, here's the thing. I know we're going to Moscow. But we've got enough fuel to make it to, like, uh, Paris. That's okay. What we're going to do is we're going to jam on the gas, get a lot of momentum, and then we're just going to coast it over to Moscow. We'll be totally fine. You cool with that, you know, boss? You'd be like, what's wrong with you? No! You want to die in the Alps? Like, I'm not stupid. You can't fly a jet with no jet fuel. And I just bought the damn plane. Like, put the right fuel in it at the right time. And they're like, no, 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 it's cool. We'll just fill it up when we land. You're like, it doesn't work that way, genius. You got to put the fuel in before you fly. But why is it that people skip meals and think when they land somewhere, they'll finally put some fuel into their body? Yeah, I get you. It's interesting, right? I'll do it later today. (laughs) I'll just hustle. I'll run out of fuel. I'll try to coast through the rest of the day, 
flying over the Alps with no fuel in the plane. Hope I don't run into the freaking thing and blow up. But it's okay. It's fine. I'll just eat later. You blew up. And you wonder why you're not your best self. Mentally, physically, emotionally. You lose your mental clarity. You lose your physical edge. You lose that ability to push yourself to the absolute max and get the most out of yourself. Therefore, you're grinding, but you're grinding on empty and you've got nothing to stay at your absolute best. Second piece, sleep. Think about this. Best athletes on earth. We can pick them. Um, you know, start off with some tennis ladies. I'd say Serena Williams is in there. Let's say Usain Bolt. He's yeah, pretty fast. Pretty quick. Quick yeah. guy. <laughs> Michael Phelps. He did okay in swimming. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Athletes from all over the world. Mm-hmm. On average, these guys sleep between 9 to 12 hours a night. Wow. Now, caveat. I know I've got a couple people who smoke way too much weed listening to this. They're like, I told you it was a good idea. <laughs> that is not what I'm saying. <laughs> They're like, I knew it. I can just eat food and sleep all day. No. <laughs> What I'm saying is there's an optimum amount of time your body takes to recover to be at its best. And people say, well, I'm not a pro athlete. I'm not exercising 12 hours a day. I'm not running, you know, a bazillion miles an hour like you say. Well, I'm not in the gym practicing and lifting weights for six hours every day like they are. I need less sleep. No. According to research, seven and a half to eight hours of quality sleep. Now, there's a difference between high quality sleep and low quality sleep. Most people don't know the difference. Most people don't even track. You know, I have my clients that we work with one-on-one, they text this to me every morning and show me the quality of their sleep, and we analyze what's the difference on the day they get 17% deep sleep versus 20% deep sleep. Mm -hmm. I know the difference in their performance because we see the difference in results. When we can optimize someone to put it into a dollar cent so you see the difference in business, Mm -hmm. we optimize a client who was doing lead gen for a mortgage company, he was averaging thirty dollars to $50,000 a month in business. We totally optimized his sleep, his nutrition, his exercise, his movement, all these other pieces. He jumped up to $178,000 in business the next month, did 182 the next month, and did 160-something the third month because I didn't teach him how to do his business. I didn't teach him some new magic strategy of internet marketing or flipping houses or some shit. I, I, I literally just got him to be at his best mentally, physically, emotionally, and when he's at his best, he delivered. And he delivered his best effort. And his best effort was better than he ever thought. If you want to figure out what this would mean for you, for most people, if you're an entrepreneur in sales, in a performance-based profession, figure out what your absolute best month in business has ever been in your life. Mm -hmm. What if you could produce that kind of revenue and result every month? That's what we're aiming for. Can we get you to best your best every month? And how would we do that? We get you at your best. Physical exercise is the third piece movement Mm -hmm. like i said we tie you to a post for a week try to run after that you ain't gonna move but most people sit in their damn chair all day and don't move Mm -hmm. so we got to track are you physically moving there's a few other things we pay attention to that's really important mindfulness the ability to clear your mind and then state management the ability to manage your state through breathing there's a group at stanford university that figured out there's three breath patterns that they can measure with this little stone mine's upstairs right now it goes on your belt Mm -hmm. and it tracks your breath pattern and it tells you when you're calm, when you're tense, and when you're focused. So you got to use your breath to manage your state and keep yourself in a focused state by using a pattern of breathing that keeps you focused. Um, and, and just to give people an experience of this right now so they can like feel the difference, uh, let, let's do three breaths together just so they can feel it. So, mm-hmm. you know, zero to ten, take a, take a stab or feel how you feel. Mm-hmm. Some people feel great, some people not, depending on what's going on in your day or night when you're listening to this or seeing this. Um Here's what I want you to do. So kind of get situated if you're sitting. 
We're going to take in a really big breath through your nose. It's going to go all the way in. And at the very top, when you feel completely full of air, you're going to take in a little bit more air through your mouth, like, <gasps> and then hold it. And you're going to bear down. You're going to squeeze, squeeze your fists, squeeze your shoulders, squeeze your neck, just squeeze everything for five seconds and hold that breath in. And with the one, two, three, four, five, and then five, you're going to open your mouth and let all the air out in one, one gasp. Go, huh. And you're going to drop your shoulders, drop your head, and drop your diaphragm all at once. And we're going to do it three times. Okay. Let's do it real quick. Ready? In through your nose. Okay. A little more. <gasps> squeeze, 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 squeeze. One, two, three, four, five. All the way out. <sighs> and you want to drop. You want to drop your head. You want to drop your shoulders. You want to like drop into it. So one more time all the way in. A little bit more. <gasps> squeeze. And drop it out. <sighs> one more time all the way in. A little bit more. <gasps> squeeze, squeeze. All the way out. <laughs> How do you feel? I feel great. <laughs> but yeah. And so what's, hap what's happening is you're using one breath to reset your peripheral nervous system. And, and what's happening is you're literally resetting your nervous system. You're resetting your vagus nerve in that process. And it resets your, your whole nervous system. It's kind of a reset button for the human body. A man who studied the breath for 30 years taught me that. I was like, wow, when would that be useful? Directly after a really intense meeting, a really intense workout, a really intense argument, a really intense deal. Wow. And, and I was like, what? See, yeah. And so I went and started studying people and figuring out, hey, are there useful patterns of breathing you could do during the match, during the situation? And are there useful patterns of breathing you could use before? And I was like... I bet there are. I bet there's a pattern of breath that could prepare you for something. I bet there's a pattern of breath that could keep you completely laser focused during the process. And I bet there's a pattern of breath that could reset you at the end so you let go of all the stuff that just got stuck in your nervous system. And like, I bet that would be super ridiculously useful to people if you could prepare yourself, be in the zone, and decompress afterwards. So I went and asked a handful of people who, who teach this stuff and work with athletes. I found a lady who's a doctor in New York City who sees the best in the world from golfers to football players to you know swimmers and rowers and everyone. They go to see her because she trains them how to do this with her special machines and stuff. And I figured out how to simplify it for people. And, and so really simple. Um, if you've ever done yoga, there's something called breath of fire. And my dad calls it priming, but, but, but it's called breath of fire with yoga. And it's a real rapid breathing you can use to build up into the process. Wow. There's a gentleman named Mark Devine who graduated number one in his class in BUDS training, which is Navy SEAL training. He's a badass Navy SEAL. He, he, you know, he, he's an amazing guy on mindset. And he has a, a process called box breathing, which is four by four by four by four, meaning four seconds in through your nose. Mm -hmm. Hold it for four. Breathe out slowly for four seconds. Hold it out for four and repeat the process. Wow. That's during the exercise. And he said that breathing technique got him through. They call it the suck. Meaning you're going to do something that sucks and it's going to be painful and you're going to hate it. And the only way to get through it is mental toughness. Because yep. the body will break down. But your mind will keep going. And he says when your body breaks down, you're about 40% of what you're capable of. You're not even there yet, but your body will feel like it's done and give up. And if your mind tells it to keep going and demands it from your body, your body will show up and perform at levels you couldn't even imagine. 
they have something called SEAL Fit in San Diego. It's the closest thing the Navy SEAL training that civilians can do, where they bring you in for you know a 50-hour weekend, and they have you over two and a half or three days do all the same shit they do in Hell Week with the Navy SEALs. Wow. Besides the shooting and stuff, but, but all the physical stuff, they break you. Mm-hmm. And they do it on purpose. Every person there will break. And when you break, they will show you how to get through it with your mind and how to keep going. Wow. This but is, the goal is to break you. This is like, insane they will stuff. Because you wouldn't, like, obviously, talk, going back to when you were talking about, you know, how the this physical kind of mental and emotional torture of, you know, back in the, the times of war and how we kind of do that ourselves without realizing. It's insane. And it's almost like a, a real real clear wake-up. I mean, from my own experience, from sort of diet and, and healthy living over the last three months, making a lot of changes, I've had more energy uh, and focus than I've ever had. So I can see the congruency there myself because it, it really does sit well with me. What, one thing that I, I guess is a challenge in my mind, but I can understand, how do people be more focused on um, having a better sleep? Is that is that related to breathing as well? Is there certain things people can do? Because I, I totally get the, the fuel, like I get the, the movement, and I think a lot of people will understand that, and they probably know it, they just don't implement it to a certain mm-hmm. extent, obviously. But how do people shift their sleep to be sleeping better? That's a great question. So, so the difference sleep makes is powerful. They did a research study where they took two groups of people, they fed them the same food, had them do the same exact exercise, and the only thing they changed is the sleep each night. If I remember correctly, the group who had high quality seven and a half to eight hours of sleep versus the other group had five hours or less lost 30% more weight over a 30-day period of time. Wow. (laughs) That's the power of sleep. They, They did research studies on people who work the night shifts and don't sleep in regular patterns and cycles, and there's something, I forget the exact number, excuse me, but they're, they're a, you know, a solid, let's, let's say 20% more likely or 35% more likely to come out with like breast cancer and stuff like that because their bodies are pushed out of normal rhythms. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, like sleep is so vital. Yeah. And, and so the concept of how do you sleep better? Um, we, we have a new program we put together on high performance mm-hmm. and, and I can send you a link for it if, if you want for the, the group great. here. Yep. But, but I have a friend of mine, his name is Sean Stevenson. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book called Sleep Smarter. Okay. He's in the program and he teaches that there's 21 tips you can do to optimize your sleep. Hi everybody, we had a, a quick disc full challenge. Uh, so just having a short break and now coming back into a recording from our mobile just to finish this amazing show with Jarek Robbins, a real great guy, really shifting our thinking to enable us to really get some mind, body and soul congruency with living in the moment, being true and taking yourself to the next level by activating high performance. So here you go, back in with the show. Even last night, I only got six hours and 19 minutes of sleep. But look at the difference in the REM, and you might not be able to see it there, but I got 17% REM sleep versus if you go back to that night, I got, it doesn't even say what percentage. I mean, less than 7% or something. So, wow. so it's not the qual- quantity, it's the quality. quality. You can get less sleep with higher quality and completely rejuvenate your mind and body. P.S. Why is REM sleep important specifically? REM sleep, if you know that the human kind of body, the, the blood has a pump called the heart. There, mm-hmm. There's lymph in your body, L-Y-M-P-H, and your lymph cleanses your blood cells. There's mm-hmm. four times the amount of lymph in your body than there is blood. 
and lymph is activated through movement and deep diaphragmic breathing. Mm-hmm. So, so that's how you cleanse your body. Wow. Now, what's interesting, what about, they, did, they had a recent study where they figured out in your brain, your brain tissues has its own kind of system that cleanses the, the brain tissues, okay. and it's called the glial cells. And so the glymphatic system is what cleanses the brain cells. The glymphatic system is most active during REM sleep. So to cleanse the tissues of your brain, to prevent stuff like memory decline, Alzheimer's, stuff like this, Mm -hmm. you need deep quality, high quality sleep. And and so it's something to think about because you want to be cleansing your brain tissue with high REM sleep. So these are things we look at optimizing in people because if we can optimize all these little factors from their sleep to their nutrition to their exercise, uh, we have a guy named Ben Greenfield who's also part of our crew in that program. And, and, and this dude, he's known as the brain of personal training. He was voted in 2008, I think. He was the number one personal trainer in the country of the U.S. Uh, back in the day. And, and he graduated school early. He's just wicked intelligent. And he's like a nerd. If you want to follow <laughs> someone cool on Instagram, follow him and watch him test all this random shit on himself. Wow. Um, it, it's amazing. And I think your audio might have gone out. No, I've got it. You can you hear me? Oh, yeah. now you're back. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Um, and, and so this guy... He, he's he's awesome. He's worth following. Lots of great information. And he came on and he put together the optimum nutrition plan and exercise plan for us and put it together. And he's like, here's what to eat and how to eat for longevity and energy. Wow. And then Sean put together like, here's what to do to optimize your sleep. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was working on mindset and happiness. Uh, Wim Hof, if you guys know about him, he's crazy. The, uh, the guy from up north in Europe. Okay. He, he's known as the Iceman. Okay. He holds 23 or 24 Guinness Book World Records for doing extreme stuff in the cold. Wow. Like he swims under icebergs in a pair of shorts. That's <laughs> <laughs> insane, right? Like, like insane. <laughs> and and he, he went and ran like a, a half marathon in a pair of shorts uh, with, with nothing else on above the Arctic line. Like he climbed the base camp of Everest in a pair of shorts. Like the dude's insane. Wow. And, and it, it's all against extreme cold. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he shares how to activate what my friend at he, – he runs a neuroscience lab at Stanford. Dr. Andrew said he, he, he calls it activating super performance, mm-hmm. meaning it's using a breath technique mixed with cold exposure to activate the fight-or-flight mechanism without any negative stress. Wow. Meaning normally you need like a saber-toothed tiger to pop out of a bush for you to go, ah, and then like fight-or-flight kicks in. Mm-hmm. And and fight or flight is useful because your adrenaline fires, your 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 pupils get really focused. You know, if you're a man, uh, your, your your muscles tense, your blood tends to work more efficiently in your body. Your, you break down sugars and fats better to be able to have fuel, so you can run quick and get the hell out of there or fight like hell. So all these benefits happen where you're the super version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yet normally the negative side effects of the stress tears down you, you, your physical body over time. What they figured out was, and, and they're researching this still, when you do the cold exposure mixed with the breathing techniques that, that he talks about, literally, um, you get all the benefits of the fight or flight without any of the, the negative stress side effects. Wow. And they're, they're blown away by this because it, it activates the best version of yourself for about four hours at a time, doing it for like five minutes. And this is your. This is obviously all all involved. You've got a high, this high performance activating high performance course on your website, haven't you? JarekRobbins.com. Yeah, because I was having a yeah. good look at that myself. So it, it looks really fascinating. I think it's on sale for night right now for like twelve bucks. Well, 
It's insane, right? <laughs> it, it's a $200 course, um, but, but our goal is to get it to as many people as possible. Yeah, I love that. And I, I checked this morning. Um, so far, we have like, I think, 290-something students from 48 countries in the program. And so our goal is literally to get it to as many people as humanly possible. And, and we're working as hard as we can to do that. Brilliant. And so, so it's massively discounted for the, the, the goal is just to reach people with it and give them these tools. Mm-hmm. Because, it, again, if you can go back to the foundation and get to the point where there are no ordinary moments in your life and everything is magnificent up here and in your heart, and, and you, you start to apply these things that activate the absolute best of who you are every day, mentally, emotionally, physically, um, and spiritually, if you want to go that far, but if you activate the best of who you are, mm-hmm. uh, you'll see the results show up in no time. It's really fun to, to work with people on this kind of stuff. Um, it, it's what I've done for, for 14 years now. Uh, I did it for six and, six and a half years for, for my father's company, and then I, I broke off on my own seven years ago, and, and I've done it with our team here. Brilliant. And, and it's a privilege and an honor to work with people and watch what happens when we can fine-tune them as a human being and keep them operating at their best. Hey, well, Jarek, it's been a, it's been an absolute privilege and honour to to connect with you and and to create something to contribute to our community around the globe, particularly here in Europe. I, I guess is probably eighty eighty five percent of our community. So it'd be great for for everyone to connect with you. Listen and, and guys, get over to JarekRobbins.com. I'll grab the link off you for the course as well, and I'll pop it into our into our website and uh, through the podcast show, Jarek. It's been a been a, a magnificent podcast show next time i want to see you in a, in a in a cape maybe we maybe we can have a chat in a few months and just see how well this course has gone and if you've hit your goals and and got into you know to um to thousands of people um because uh you know I, i'm a real believer in in mass influence myself in that, that 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 kind of pebble effect of rippling around the world so really great to have you on online guys get over to jerickrobbins.com uh that is spelled j-a-i-r-e-k robbins r-o-b-b-i-n-e-s.com and um connect with this guy it's been an absolute pleasure man i'm really grateful for your for your content and your contribution today you're 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 a, you're a legend appreciate it Thanks, man. Thank you for having me, and thanks for taking time to listen in for those of you listening. If you enjoyed today's show, we would appreciate it if you would like. Most people share through social media. Then subscribe, rate, and provide a review over at iTunes and SoundCloud. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us. The Passion to Succeed show is brought to you by passiontosucceed.com. Get over to the website, subscribe, and join the community of passionate people. 